This is the Unscripted Podcast. What's up, Bob? Sup, sup, sup. You uh, you know something? Very enthused about that. Hey, I'm real excited. I can tell, Eeyore. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> the uh, we gonna spin the wheel today? We're gonna spin the wheel. So if you if you like our spin the wheel thing, then uh, give us a little thumbs up. You can check us out on all the uh, the pl- platforms that you would hear a podcast and. Um, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and whatever else the places that that there are, we're we're pretty much out there, and we appreciate you listening. and And so this uh, this spin the wheel thing has not been um, real easy on us. I know it's you know the the I I'm not above cheating sometimes, Bob. Almost with yeah. this, <laughs> but I'm thankful that we can do it. Yep. So here goes spin the wheel. We got 56 questions and. That were asked, and we're gonna put it in. And it is number forty-three. Why? What's up with the forties? I don't know. We did forty-four, forty-six, and now forty-three. We need to randomize this wheel or something like that. It's your phone. It's so here's here's your like and sh- here is our like and share one. If you've ever screamed at the TV while playing Wheel of Fortune, <laughs> and. <laughs> And, and knowing the answer, go ahead and hit that like and share because now I understand what those people spinning the wheel feel like. Yeah. 43. All right. 43. Why, why is Chris's beard so long? Because he's the coolest cat. <laughs> no, that's not the question. All right. Here's here's the question. Why is it your church as big as other churches? That's a good one, isn't it? It is a good one. The um, I suppose that depends on your perspective of the word. Don't you think so? Yeah, that's right. Because there's just so much loaded in that question. Like, why why, why do you think that person would ask that question? Well, perspective for a lot of people is reality. Like, how, they, how they have perception, yeah. Yeah, so here's what I think about is they are, yeah, perception is reality. So they're comparing size to success. That's right. Or, why or why to, do you have a 250-member church when there's – Thousand, three thousand member churches. Yeah, exactly. Y'all must not be getting the blessings of God. Right. You ain't doing something right. You did something right. When really, I mean, the, the quick answer for that is Jesus said, Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. Narrow is the gate, difficult is the way that leads to life. There are few who go in by that by that narrow path. But there's also a different answer to this. Yeah. Well, and, good. And there's only one church. That's right. And because there's only one church, we just happen to clump up in different spots on the Lord's Day, on Sundays, you know, different congregations. It's just, a, it's still a, a um, it's a vision problem. You know, when what you're doing is you're comparing it to a standard that is flawed. So if you, if you compare it to a flawed standard, then you're never going to be able to see it in the right, you know, you're never going to have the right measuring stick with regards to that. So when you think about, you know, like when we use the term the church, mm-hmm. we're talking about the people that the Lord has added to his body. Yeah, that's right. We're talking yeah, about the people Acts that... Acts 2, that's right. Right, Acts 2 and verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. So right. once a person obeys the gospel like those people did in six verses prior or five, 41, mm-hmm. do the math. And those 3,000 people, they were added to the church. That's right. And, and I think that that's what it, it 
my answer goes right along with that. Like there's there's one. So it's this narrow way. There's this one way that you can get to the to the Lord. Right. And it's not it's not many. It's not from all these different sects of different con- congregations and SECTS. SECTS, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um sections. Yeah. And it's a there there's one way and it's through Jesus and and we just that's why that's why I lo- that's why I love talking about the church is because it's the one thing. It's mm-hmm. the true gospel. It's the it's the one thing that's going to get us there and when you see when you see this like the the worth of having the wisdom of of the uh, of the church like it's so precious it's so and and we just take our name right out of the right out of the Bible Romans sixteen sixteen the church of Christ greet you and so all we want to do is we just want to wear Christ's name yeah so when somebody asks the question why isn't your church as big as another church mm-hmm. they're still looking at a narrow view of it because they're looking at it in the perspective of of um, a local, you know, whoever asked that question is probably somebody that's looking at, you know, the, the Kensington Woods Church versus, mm-hmm. you know, one of the big, you know. Yeah, or it's been, yeah, it's been asked to one of our members, and so our members are like, hey, how do we answer this? Or, yeah, big denominations in town or right. something like that. Mega church or, yeah. you know, you, you look at, there's some congregation, there's some uh, denominations over here in our city that literally the church building and their facilities are bigger than the than the local government schools. Yes, yeah, and 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 it's because of it's a different focus, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we, we we can build a bigger church building if we yeah. wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt. That's why we're crammed into our little podcast room here. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks this room is big, but if they could see it on this side over yeah. here, they would they would really understand what's going think, on. I don't think Ben likes us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Because he took away the Ben cam. Oh, that's. I, I think what it is is Ben. I just don't think Ben's lived long enough to get tough skin. He's scared we're going to talk about his dating. Yeah. His uh, his uh, kind of. He didn't want to be seen with us. Yeah, that's right. Exactly it would it would it, it would taint his uh, you know, his reputation. But so yeah. back to the question. Yeah, we could we could build real big buildings and and uh and have these huge things going on. But you know, ultimately, what we're got to look at is. Is number one, what's the definition of the church, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's where the question really lies. At why isn't your church bigger than other churches? Well, if there's really only one church, to identify it. Yeah, if there's really only one church, then the rest of them, what's the deal? Right? It's you're either you're either the church or you're not. You either are or aren't. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and the good thing is, is the Lord the Lord gets to decide that. The Lord's the one who adds us to His church. Yes. So Bob and Chris don't get to decide that. But however, if the Lord is the one who's going to add someone to the church. He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us. He's given us everything through his word. So we can he's not the author of confusion. God is he's given us what the church is. He's given us definitions of it and what it looks like and how to be added to it. And and I and I was you know, to be honest with you, I was talking to a guy from one of these big churches in town, I don't know, a week or two ago, something mm-hmm. like that. And um, the, we're just having a lunch together, and, and um, we're naturally segued into this kind of conversation. And, and I, I said, so what's the attraction? No, Chris, you naturally segue them into these conversations. Whatever. Either yeah. way, we're there. One reason you know? I love you, yeah. But I said, so what's the draw to a church like yours? And uh, he grew up. He said, I grew up going to the church right down the road from, you know, this little church down here on the right from the church building. I don't want to say its name, mm-hmm. but but the one On down, our street? Yeah, on our yeah. street down here. He said, I grew up going to that church, and that's one denomination. And now I'm a deacon 
over here in this church at this denomination. And I said, so what's the attraction? Then, And he said, well, I'd like to tell you that they're coming for the truth, but that's really not what it is. He said, it's just, he said, we just have so many ways that, that people can be involved and, or people can be, um, we have so many different ways that people can be, uh, I forgot the way word he used, but, but they have so many different things. Like you ride by there sometimes on, on Tuesday nights. And the only reason you can tell is when it's, uh, when it's, uh, daylight savings time and it's dark at five, mm-hmm. you can ride by, I've seen them ride by there and you could see in their foyer and they're in there doing yoga. You know, and aerobics in there, and the uh, so so I'm not saying it's wrong to use the church to do. Is this what drew you to this guy? Was yoga? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. I was stuck, and he hit me, you know, <laughs> out of my spot. But no, I mean, I, I I assume it was the ladies in there. I mean, I was driving. I just happened to see them because they're all jumping around in there. And, what's uh, going on? What's going on over there? You know, and I thought, what in the world is going on? And Chris look, is doing yoga with this guy, and so he gets into this conversation. He called it lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't I look like the yoga type, squatting yeah. dog, or whatever? Squatting it is? dog. <laughs> Ain't that one of the positions? <laughs> squatting dog. Yeah, and so now we'll go out of hero one into squatting dog. But here's the, here's the thing: yeah, go is ahead. that. Um, you know the we've said this before, but the church is a byproduct of the truth. Amen. And not the truth, a byproduct of the church. Yeah, it's great to have programs, and if you can get people involved, yeah, through, why why wouldn't you through yoga or through um, whatever kind of meals on wheels, or if you can get people involved in the church by working out or whatever it is, shooting guns, knitting, sewing. Get them involved, but ultimately, if the truth is not taught, it's still poison. Yeah, and and you're just a social club. That's right. And so that's where the real line gets you know drawn at is like what's your what's your objective? So the objective of the church is a community of people working together to help get each other to heaven and everybody around them. Every part does their share. Yeah. Yeah. Every joint supplies a need. Ephesians four. Ephesians four. And so what we've got to see as the church then is in the perspective of what does, what is the reality of most churches? Most churches ride hobbies. You mm-hmm. understand what I mean yeah. by that? Mm-hmm. And, and so like if you're the the faith-only crowd, you're going to talk about that all the time. If you're the the prosperity gospel camp, you know, you're going to be, you know, that's what Health you're going to Health and wealth, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be doing, you're going to be spending time in that camp, but if your motive is to get people to heaven and keep the saved saved, there's no doubt about it. You're going to have smaller numbers. It's just the, the Lord said that that you will always be in the minority. I mean, that's what when that's you right. said the broad way and the narrow way, mm-hmm. that that's another way of saying that the the minority is going to be the ones that are doing the right thing. Period. That's right. And you, and you look at um, the church as a whole. It's uh, it's really sad. Um, you know that there's not more in the Lord's church. Not okay. more what? Not more people. It's it's uh, it's so precious, and that's one reason why me and you picked up our families and and moved to South Mississippi. It's a mission field. Yeah, and and I'm I'm glad that we can be part of it here. That's and right. With with such great people, but you know, ultimately, when you think about the reason why the the if we if we grew the church to the point like it's it's this. Uh, um, euphoric kind of idea where 
you know, everybody's Christians. Well, if that were the case, then we would be in the wrong. And the reason why is because the Lord said that'll never happen. You'll always be in the minority. So whenever we're whenever we're not standing out differently from the world, then then we have got to really take a look at ourselves and wonder, you know, what, why, how, you know, whatever. What is it that we're doing now? If we're attracting the world and in, in droves, how is that the case? Because yeah. it, it was always going to be hair, tooth, and nail. And, and you think about this. We're, we strive we strive after truth on this podcast. People don't want to hear the truth. People want, and Satan he he will use he will use country club mentalities to to conceal the truth. However, he can do it. And in fact, you think about this: like people don't want to sit here for for twenty minutes or forty five minutes and listen to the truth. What they want to do is, I mean, we want to we want to scroll on on our you know platforms or whatever. And we want to find things that are entertaining to us. And things that are entertaining, the heart of the gospel, the first the first heartbeat of the gospel is God loved the world, he gave his son, you know, to die for us. The second heart of the gospel is if you're really going to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That really, that's a, the, the heartbeat of it is love, but those are the two lungs, I guess, it, if you were to define it. Christ, yeah. Christ is the one lung he died for us. The second lung that, that draws in the breath is us living our lives for him. Yeah, and and so you think about then, you know, I was talking to Brother Charles uh, Johnson. He's 90. 90-something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you hit 90, it's, it's just it's something. Right, exactly. <laughs> He was telling me about them starting the church in Leakesville Sunday night yeah. after we had our um, in their living room. Yes, yeah, so he was telling me about it, and he was telling me, uh, you know, just and 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 he was telling me a story about a guy that they were working with his wife, and they would go out there. She was a cripple, and they would go uh-huh. out there. I've heard his story. Yeah, and he pour the, and he said he'd go out there to do the Lord's supper with them, and the guy would take the the uh, Lord's supper cup and pour it through a crack in the floor, mm-hmm. you know, and. They converted her, but never converted him. And he said, um, "I said, how did you meet her?" And he told me. And I think he said at a at a gospel meeting, she came to a gospel meeting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I said, "How long did they last in your day?" And he said, "Oh, he said if you had if it was only a week, he said people would be upset." And yeah. so and 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 it's because that's the shift. That's the shift, right? Once we got TV mm-hmm. in our houses, entertainment. So here's something interesting, okay? The reason why every channel on TV is above number one, channel two, three, four. When we were kids, now it's mm-hmm. two point. You know, it's all digital, right? But do you know where that comes from? No. The government never thought TV would take off, so that's why you tune your radio from eighty-eight point whatever it is up to one hundred seven point nine. That's the highest number, because everything over that number two, channel two, is the two hundred mark. So they said they'll never, it'll never take off. So y'all can have whatever you want. You can pick whatever bandwidth you want to and broadcast on. They said there's no way that TV will ever take off. People, we've got radio, and it's sufficient for what we need, and it'll never go any further than that. Wrong. Yeah, look at the look at the government's wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you want to trust them, but exactly. So so you think about this then, the, um, you know there was a there was a shift in culture. Like I read that. I think it was Brother N.B. Hardiman. I hope somebody watching will correct me on this, but they, they had a debate at the turn of the century in the Ryman Theater in Nashville. All right, the newspaper 
reported on, it was over instrumental music. Mm-hmm. And the newspaper reported on how many people were there, what was said during the debate, and, 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 and how many people like stood on the streets and everything. Like, on a debate over instrumental music. Na- yeah. What's the newspaper? Na- Nashville Gazette or something, something like that? Yeah. Whatever it is. I mean, like, like j- just think about that, right? Think about the paradigm shift that we've had where people as a whole – you know that's one of the what challenges. they're interested in. Yeah, that's uh, you know my boys, the they have to read their Bible for thirty minutes every day before they can play video mm-hmm. games or watch TV or whatever mm-hmm. you know, and and it's always a challenge because I, you just just ask what I'm tonight when you that's Tuesday well Wednesday tomorrow night just ask Aiden or Liam, well they're not in your class anymore are they? But yeah, I'll see. Yeah, just ask them what they read their Bible about today, mm-hmm. and and almost always you know they'll pick something. That's entertaining to them. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they'll pick, you know, a David and Goliath type story. Yeah. And and me as a father, I'm trying to to not. Why are y'all not studied up on all these? Right, genealogies. Right. Know the genealogies. Yeah. You know the. But it's a challenge. Oh, I know. So Carson last night he told me he's like, Dad. So my kids are only half as good as Chris, or two thirds as good as Chris's kids, because my kids have to read twenty minutes a day, <laughs> and uh, before they can get their stuff. And um, so Carson asked me last night. He's like, "Dad, can I get a thirty minute extension? I only got to play thirty minutes of my hour of time on on a." He's wanting a bank. Stuff. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to invest in the bank. <laughs> and I said, "I'm not answering that right now." And like literally, you took a soccer ball and busted your your six year old brother in the face at point blank range <laughs> with it. And now you want an extension on your time, but however, it's it's constantly on their mind, just like what you're right. saying. But the other the other thing um, that that I it's it's a it's a challenge, like you said. But there are rewards to it, like Coleman. All the all the funny or negative things I could say about Coleman and his personality and all these different things, you know, he's growing up and they're just real weird when they're nine. Mm-hmm. But he um he he just he made a decision that he was gonna read in succession. He was gonna continuously read, not like read different parts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I was like, Coleman, why don't you get in the New Testament and read? But he 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 devoted. So he just finished the old testament mm-hmm. completely all the way through. Good job, Coleman. Reading, you know, twenty minutes a day. And um, it took him a couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. to do it. But you know, he he committed to it. And uh, now I don't necessarily think that he's got everything he needs to know about the Old Testament. But there's a there there are blessings in just having a twenty minute a twenty minutes a day, you know, twenty minute a day time frame. Um, well, then so let's let's go back. Then how do we equate this to the church? Then, right? So we got twenty minutes. That we got to think about with regards. I mean, we got you know, you got twenty minutes that you're making your kids read. I got thirty minutes mm-hmm. I'm making mine read. Well, why why is that the case for? Well, it's because we have this understanding that there's only a for whatever reason there's a certain amount of attention span. And, and so you think about what Jesus Jesus is going to spend all this time as um on his public ministry, and while he's in his public ministry, what he's going to do at the end. He's going to come to Jerusalem and he's going to weep. You know, he's he's going yeah. to weep because he no, wanted to gather him under his wing. Yeah, nobody's listening to me. You know, nobody's <laughs> no, nobody. And not not that he's like throwing up his hands in exasperation, but he knew when, when it comes to Acts two, there's only 120 some people, right? Yeah, I mean, right. out out of all the 
the loaves, the fishes, the miracles, the raising Lazarus from the dead, all the stuff that had happened, it's only 120 people that Jesus yeah, that's right. has on his side. Yeah, John 6, they, I mean, there was a bunch, there was a big exodus there. Man, and I'm going to tell you, if, if you're listening and you haven't, li- you need to listen to Bob's sermon on what was the date that you did last Sunday? What was the number, the date? What are you talking about? The, the fishing one? The fishing one you did Sunday morning. Yeah, that was what? Um, Whatever it is. What, you, the, go back to our Kensington Woods Church of Christ page and find the one that's on fishing. March 13th. It, March 13th. Fishing for wisdom. Fishing for wisdom. Awesome lesson you did. And and so because of those things, you know, what happens is Jesus knew that people were falling for the loaves and the fishes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's no different than what this guy told me. He's like, I wish that they were coming for the truth. Yeah, and so how can you have a how can you have a day where you feeding five thousand people, they're listening to you, and then Jesus feeds them. The next day he won't feed them a bite. Right. Why is that? Exactly. It's right. because the is because groups alone and and just and just coming for us to, to be together and to eat five loaves and two fish for me to get a handout from the church or this program or whatever is not what Jesus was about. He was about the truth. He said, labor for the food that does not perish, the, the food that's going to lead to eternal life. I am that bread. Mob mentalities kill Jesus, and mob mentalities will send the world to hell. And it's for the same reason is that, that ultimately the reason why the church is – you know, your church is not as big as their church is because God planned it. He knew that, not planned it. He planned for everybody to be saved. Yeah. But he knew that in prophecy he would tell us that's not going to be the case. So he tells us that not to discourage us. But that does not mean this, Bob. That does not give us an out. I mean, that doesn't give us an out to think, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to be in the minority. I may as well just put my head not down. Tell anybody. Yeah, put my head in the, in the harness and turn my head down and just plow my road. That's not it. That is not what the Lord wants us to do. So if you're a part of a church, of the Lord's church, that's that's in your mind, perception, whatever it is, is small and dying, you got two options. You can sit around and bellyache about it and complain and look like the rest of the world. Because you know, the rest of the world bellyaches and complains. I mean, the dudes on the, the news, they tell us that Ukraine is, is – is, I mean, Putin snuck across the border now and he started a war. We've got the coronavirus. Apparently, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Well, yeah, you. But for the last Russia year, Russia invades somewhere, and there, yeah, there's yeah. no more coronavirus. They're going to stack up the papers and tell us everything that's happened in the world bad, and then tell you to have a good night. Yeah. That thing. That, why, why do you think ever? That's just anti. That's like a uh, what is it? The word oxymoron yeah, almost. Right. And so, you, if if you're in a, a congregation of the Lord's church and 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 you're not thriving. That's okay, but it's not okay tomorrow because here's the deal. If you realize that there's something that needs to be changed, you got to realize you're never going to be as big as the, as the denominations because you don't get to play the games that they get to play, but you've got a responsibility to change it. You got, and you're holding something very precious in your hands. And, and th- just think about what one person can do the, to the dynamic of a congregation. Yep, we'll talk about that right after the break. Life in general is about decisions. Every decision that you make has consequences, and you're tethered to every single one of them. Jesus gives us this awesome opportunity that you don't have to make all the decisions in your life all on your own. You see, he invites you to come to him, to learn from him. Jesus gives us this perfect example, and he tells us in Matthew chapter 11, He says, come to me, 
all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. We have so much to learn from, from Christ, and he gives us this example of saying, if you really want to learn from me, take my yoke. You see, yokes were used in the, back in Bible times to, to, to put two animals together, to pull a load or to pull a cart or to plow ground. And you would put a, an ox together or you would put two mules together and they would pull the load together. And that's what Christ offers for us. Is he's offering to pull the load for us. Christ invites us to, to come to him. And we're to be his followers, disciples, learners, people who have yoked in with him. And he builds a community around us called the church. The church is to be made up of people, people who God have looked at their hearts. You see, the world wants to paint a picture of everything that would divide us. The church is painted a picture of the things that unite us. That Christ, he builds this community that when we've yoked in with, with other people, they may be different from us, but we can learn from each other. What a beautiful thing that it is when we can have difficult conversations. There's, there's no conversation that the church can't have. And that's what Christ wants from us, is he wants community that's strong, that's yoked in together, that learns from each other. And most importantly, that learns from Jesus. And he invites us to come, take, learn, and find. So we're talking about... Um, these, these people uh, in the dynamic of the church. I, I, there's a close friend of mine who I met through through camp, and uh, I've really been trying to disciple this young lady. And so we do studies with uh, through Zoom or whatever now. And um, that's safe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Safer. Yeah. Um, well, there's a record button. That's right. The, but uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm having the study with my wife in the room. So, either way. Yeah. Either way. So, anyways, um. This young lady had, uh, she lost her mom a long time ago and, uh, several years back. And so, you know, there's always that struggle, you know, some of those things, it's like, why don't you just talk to your mom about it? You know, well, she doesn't have a real good relationship with her dad either, but she's flat out. She's smart. She's witty. She's going, anyway, she's, uh, she's, a, she's an engineer. So, um, but she's moved to an area. Her job has made her move to an area where the church is not real predominant. It's not really, um, it's not really big or whatever. And so she's always had, you know, she comes from a from a huge college group where there's like a hundred and something people just in the college group alone, and now she's at this fifteen to twenty member church in this little area, and and I told her I said you got that, you can really change this this church and you can be a good part of it, and uh, I said you can either dive in or you can and you can really invest in these people or you can, you know, pull away from it and. You'd be like, oh, well, I'm so sad. Well, this church, it's amazing what these people do. They realize that they're small, and, they, you know, they, okay, we understand these things. Every Wednesday night, they, they do their Bible study, they have these things, and then the whole church 
goes to this pizza joint every single Wednesday night, and they all eat together. And so the church, so this restaurant knows the, the church group's coming, mm-hmm. and so they build these relationships with these waitresses and the and the business and all this kind of stuff. But there's like fifteen or twenty people, and she's and so this girl, she's in her early twenties, right out of right out of college, but now she's eating with like sixty year olds and eighty year olds, and she helps teach Bible class, you know, for the young for some of the younger kids. She's getting involved in that way. But, like, all these older people, they think she's the coolest thing ever because, one, because she's invested in the church. Mm-hmm. But, like, she said these people have poured into her, and she's learned so much wisdom from these older members. And it's like, because she eats supper with them every week. She right. goes to church with them all the time, and they've, they've really they've become her family. And, uh, and so wherever you think that you're small, there, there are still grave benefits you need to invest in the church. Don't mm-hmm. don't look at numbers. Jesus had twelve. <laughs> yep, and he and he stopped at twelve. Yeah, for, for a reason. For a reason. I mean, he could have had as many as he wanted to. Yeah, and God stopped at twelve mm-hmm. with Israel. I mean, it could, it could, you know, it's just it just goes on and on and on. You know, so so here's the thing. Then let's let's go back to our conversation. When you think about Bob, the the significance of the church, right? I mean, you think about what Paul says. You know, and he's trying to he's trying to draw the Ephesian church kind of together. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians four and verse one, he says, "Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called." That's the gospel, right? Second Thessalonians two and verse fourteen says, "We're called by the gospel." So, walk worthy of the gospel. Be worthy of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Make it valuable in your lives. Yeah. What a calling. With all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit. That's what unifies us. That's, you know, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. You know, the Spirit is what inspired these pages that we have here. So you try your best. There is, why? Verse 4, there's one body. There's one Spirit. Just as you were called in one one gospel, right? One, one call, hope, yeah. one called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So Paul is is tying all these things, these ones. There's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one system there, of faith. One. Yeah, there's oneness in all these things. And if you turn back to to Ephesians one. 22, we can understand what he's talking about. And he has put, what is the body? He has put all things under his feet, Jesus. Gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. The church. To the church, which is his body. Body. The question is this. Was the was the body of Christ separated on the cross? No. No. It should not be separated today. That's exactly right. And it, it doesn't break in. Now, Daniel 2.42 talks about how that this kingdom would be, it, it, it's going to break in pieces. That's not meaning that there's going to be all these denominations. What that means is it's going to break in pieces and it's going to consume. That's, that there's going to be the church not just centrally located in Jerusalem. There's not going to be one temple. That, that this, The church is going to, it's going to be worldwide. Elementally, it's the same. Elementally, it's the same. So you can take you can take gold, you can take iron, Fe. It's got a certain atomic weight. Mm-hmm. All these different things that make it distinctly specific. It's that, iron. 
that it's iron. It doesn't matter how many you break it into pieces, it's still iron. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how spread out the church is, whether it's here or whether it's 20 miles up the road at Collins or whether it's you know three miles, eight miles up the road at the, you know, wherever. Yeah, six hours up the road in another state or 2,000 miles across the ocean. Elementally, it's still the same because it's produ- the church is a byproduct of the truth and not the truth, a byproduct of the church. There's one body. And so you, you think about this idea then that we've got to see the church as this awesome and you know just you know such a holy place that like you said you think about this young lady that went into this situation as kind of a debbie downer to some degree but look what she's gained so much from it's, it. her life is so fulfilled from it i mean just think about what she's gained from it and so you go back to to us as understanding what what the church is it's his body right it's it's his body you know you, you use this analogy of you know, Christ's body wasn't broken on the cross. You know, First Corinthians 5, I think it's verse 17, says that Christ, who is our Passover, mm-hmm. well, when they ate the Passover lamb, you remember what they had to do? They had to eat it whole. Yeah, no broken bones. They couldn't, They you know, they couldn't boil it. They couldn't, you know, tr- you know all, they had to eat it whole. And as a matter of fact, if, it, if you couldn't eat it all by yourself, get somebody to come with you. Mm-hmm. And so, none, of it, none of it remained till morning. None of it. And so... You know, there's this there's this unifying principle that God has shown from the beginning. You know that that, that Christ is the Lamb. Christ's body's not going to be divided. You know, so so in Matthew 16 and verse number 18, you know, when Peter is having this conversation with Jesus about who the, who he is, you know, Jesus kind of yeah, who do, who do men say that I am? Yeah, who do men say that I am? And and he's asking these questions about kind of his uh, rock star status at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? And they answer various things. John the Baptist, Elijah, you know, one of the prophets, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they go through this scenario, and then he just asks him, who do y'all think that I am? And Peter stands up, and he says, well, verse 18. I mean, verse 17. He's, um, verse 16. Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What's he building it on, Bob? Peter? No. He's building it on this bedrock truth, right? This yes. very foundation, First Corinthians 3, that no man has laid that is not Jesus Christ. That So when Peter understood that Jesus was the Christ... That also meant that he understood that he was going to be the head of the church, Ephesians 1, 22. That he was going to be the Ephesians 5, Savior of the body. That he understood all these things that Peter, when he said that, and because that's why Jesus could say, Peter, just the fact that you the, the fact that you understand that, that I'm the Christ. I'm the one that's here. I'm the one that is going to die for the church. That's what the church will be built on, the truth. Not the truth coming from the church. Yeah. The fact that you understand the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. Make you free. So the truth, Peter's showing us here, is a byproduct. I mean, the church is a byproduct of that truth. So Mm -hmm. we are born again. And even Peter's the one that uses that term later on. Born again, not a a corruptible seed. Which you're like, what does he use? Got like precious gold precious, and and silver. Yeah, you weren't redeemed by those by those things, like yeah, but but with the precious blood of Christ. That's exactly right. And so, what you're seeing here then is that that Jesus is revealing. So you can't be part of the church 
And, and also one thing that Peter said in that verse, he says, through your aimless conduct. You know, you weren't you weren't born or you haven't been redeemed by these by oh, these things. Oh, what Peter said in, in uh, yeah, I thought you meant here in Matthew sixteen. No, but Leah, what he says later on in talking about what we're redeemed by, and he's like this aimless conduct that's passed down by traditions from your from your fathers. I'm just going to read it real quick. So that's First Peter chapter one. Yeah, hold on. Go ahead. Um, and he says. Uh, Verse 18, there's two awesome parts in this, because 18 and 22 both kind of allude to this. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold or yoga, right? Okay? <laughs> Squatting dogs. I added, I added yoga, all right? You weren't redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. So you're not you're not redeemed with things that would be through your aimless conduct. If if our conduct in the church today is just on things that are aimless, and we can we can build whatever kind of you know scenario that we want or whatever kind of club that we want, but it's all aimless conduct if it's not pointed to the blood of Christ, the truth, and the truth is what's going to set us free through that blood. So then it talks about he was in, foreordained from the foundational world, but later on in verse twenty two, since you have purified your souls in obeying the, the truth. truth. Through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God. you got to go to the truth, which lives and abides forever. So, in, in the end of verse 25, now this is the Word which by the gospel was preached to you. And and so you have to go through the truth. So, um. Next week we're gonna um want to we're just I think I want to what do you think about this what do you think about continuing on this truth factor and um and we're just gonna we're gonna look at what the true gospel is because there's a lot of watered down versions of this mm-hmm. and we're not we're not afraid to give you the truth and and what it actually is and and what true salvation is listen we, we, and Bob I'm I'm Perfectly fine with that, but we're going to divide some herd here with that. You understand? We that, are, right? and I'm okay with that. I mean, we literally have the same equipment that Joe Rogan uses. Mm-hmm. You understand? And he's just sitting in a room by himself. That's right. And but we're not going to come on here smoking dope and and carrying on foolishness and talking about worldly things. We're going to talk about other worldly things. And so next week, I there's want, a lot of interesting people out there, but we want you to know Jesus. Exactly right. Exactly. And I've met a lot of them, but nobody's more important than knowing Jesus. We're gonna help you get into the into the Lord's church, uh, into that way, the truth and the life, and we'll we'll study on that next week.